Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it again in the Believe Aztecs basketball podcast. I'm Matt Scraby. That's Randy Holcomb. And Believe, the podcast network, has a podcast for every one of your teams and the only place with a show for your favorite team. We believe in our teams, and we also have something very exciting, Randy, to talk about here in the first few seconds of the show. We have our first sponsor on the podcast. So thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. Uh, it got us noticed. They gave us a sponsor. And that sponsor is betonline.ag. Uh, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. Now, I have been doing a, a segment on our show on 97.3 The Fan that recaps all the best bets of the day. So I'm getting really, really into this. Prop bets are where it's at, I think. If you could find a good prop bet out there, you can make some money on it. You just got to keep searching. That's that's my my whole thing. Don't don't go to the big bets. Don't go to like the Lakers versus the Bulls and then try to pick the spread. Go find like will LeBron James have three steals today? And if you think it, if the odds are right, you could win that. So anyway, that's my whole thing on the prop bets. I love prop bets. Gives you something to watch for. Gives you something to cheer for. Uh, Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They have hundreds of props with real time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24 hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports sportsbook experts so that's exciting randy that's huge man we want to thank them again for believing in us and that means that we're getting yeah. people listening too huh oh yes we are and I, I appreciate everybody out there who's been reaching out to me personally and telling me what they want to hear on the show and one of the things that they said is they're like all right you know the aztecs we know they're going to beat up on san jose state i don't want to hear you guys break down a series against san jose state now, at this point in the season, I want to hear what you guys have to say about bracketology and whether or not they're going to make it into the tournament. So we're going to hit that hit on that later in the show. But we do have to talk about the Aztecs as of 10 minutes ago are now back in the top 25 coming in at 25. And this might be the most important part of the year for the Aztecs to be in the top 25 when people are deciding on who's going to play in the tournament. So good stuff for the Aztecs this week. Well, yeah, I think that we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction. I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where we were saying that all they have to do is just kind of keep winning, right? Mm-hmm. Winning solves a multitude of problems. Um, so moving into the top 25 is definitely a plus. Now, what can't happen is that puts us in a, in a bind again. So these next few games are critically important uh, to win. And I think we have, who do we have next? Fresno State? Yeah, Fresno State, there's only four games left. There could be more if they play the games, I believe, against UNLV that were postponed. But it's Fresno State, Boise State. Okay, so, yeah, just making sure that we win, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to have any lapses or laydowns, right, or or brain freezes that one like (laughs) I just experienced a second ago, right? So we don't want to have have one of those type situations come up. No, no, and you're you're saying you had a brain freeze, but out the window there, you're you're out in Texas, and you guys got some crazy snow here. You were telling me it was like two to three inches, which will definitely give brain freeze. But I don't know that Texas is ready for that. Oh, 
know that they are either seeing that we had a hundred car pile up on, on a, what yes yes so wow. it, it got it got a little crazy out here there was some i mean there was some there was some lives lost and, and the rest of it so um you know it just puts things in perspective as to what's important yeah and uh, again man it, the the ability to, for for these guys to be able to play basketball is is it's really, really a blessing. I don't know if they realize it or not, but it's a, it's a real blessing to be able to go out and compete when a lot of the country and a lot of the world are, you know, right, especially right now are experiencing these shutdowns. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I think that the Aztecs players, I can't speak for all the players around the country, but I think Brian Dutcher has them in the right mindset. These guys are all great guys. They all have the same type of uh, type of thought process, which is we're lucky to be playing basketball. And I hear them say it all the time. Matt Mitchell has said it now that he's he's kind of been beat up in the middle of the season. He did that uh, hyperextended knee and now he, he has somewhat of an ankle injury. I don't think it's too serious because they sat him out against San Jose State. They didn't really need him anyway. So why not get him rested up for the stretch around the season? But I do believe that they they really are appreciative of what they're able to do this year because look what happened last year. That was like the most um, heartbreaking scenario for a team ever. They were 30 and one or two or whatever it was, and they were going to be a, a two seed in the NCAA tournament, and it was canceled due to COVID. And I think that alone has a lot of these guys thinking about how lucky they are to play basketball right now, which can be dangerous because if you're just lucky to play and you're just out there having fun, that's almost better than a team that's too tight, in, in my opinion. Right. I think that going back to your original statement, I think that uh, that's does is doing a good good job or a great job of preparing those guys. I think they're having. Um, I think that I think the other thing that's helping them too is that they're improving as the season as the season goes, uh, which is not uh, unusual for one of Dutch's teams uh, to do as the season progresses his groups usually get better. It, you know, it, you know, they might start off Rocky and this, this group didn't even start off Rocky. They just had a, yeah. they played against some teams that were pretty good and lost. So um, uh, with that being said, they, I think he's doing a great job of that. But the other thing I think that makes it really easy to play us to be in San Diego, right? Yeah, uh, oh, true. <laughs> San Diego makes life a lot easier, better, what have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that the, that the guys are, uh, uh, their bodies, I think, feel a little bit better, with the exception of a couple, right? Their bodies feel better. You don't have to worry about the frost or whatever the case may be. So, um, I'm extremely, I'm extremely happy to see uh, them grow the way that they're growing. Offensively, I can't, I can't say it enough. I've never seen a group <laughs> go from not being able to score yeah. to scoring 80 points a game, right? It's, it's like, crazy. you know, what, what did Dutch say to them to get them to do that? That I never thought that that would happen. Uh, yeah, so they, they've scored. Um, they it's been incredible over their last six games. They've won, they won by 30 or more, or like 25 or more was the stat for the first time ever. I think a team that won six games in a row by 25 or more points, but they're they're just insane. Like after they after they lost to uh Utah State that one day, it was uh 64 59. They scored 98, 91, 87, 98, 85, and 77, which, like you said, just doesn't happen. And and maybe you have a little bit of insight. How do they just turn it on like that? Is it time to just turn it over to the shooters and to the scores? Man, listen, I don't know, I don't know how that happens. I wish I knew. I just know that <laughs> uh, you know the Something was said, and I think that, the, or, 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 the talent was already there. 
right? And maybe the focus was the defensive side of the basketball as opposed to the offensive side of the basketball because they're shooting lights out. And when they shoot the ball, well, it opens up the driving lanes. And when the driving lanes get open, you that opens the, the defense up to fouls. So now yeah. you, keep the, you keep the defense off balance. So you make, if you're making the three and you're getting easy twos and you're getting to the free throw line, combination three makes it easy to score 90 points a night or 80 yeah, points oh, a yeah. night. And I got to give credit to Jordan Shackle. I know that other guys on the team are doing this, but I specifically saw a video of Jordan Shackle out on the floor about two to three hours before the game shooting. Well, shot after shot after shot yeah. situations. Yeah. And, and so he's still putting in the work and the rest of the team is putting in the work. So I got to shout him out for that because, you know, people don't see what happens when the, the bright lights aren't on and the camera isn't recording you. They just kind of see what you do on the court. But he he's always been a guy that I I've seen personally come out before the rest of the group and start shooting. And it, it's just, it, it just shows you his work ethic and it shows you his leadership because if he's doing that and then the other young guys on the team are like, well, maybe I should be doing that too. What you're speaking on now is, is part of, is the most critical part to any program culture, right? Mm -hmm. The culture has to be right. The culture at San Diego state has been the same for the last 20 some odd years, right? With, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Dutch as the assistant, now Dutch as the head coach. And uh, uh, to have older guys show the young guys the way there's a, uh, there's a passing of the torch that happens when guys leave, right? Um, there are a lot of young guys with a lot of talent on, on the uh, Aztecs team. Oh yeah. I don't even, the kid Johnson. Yeah where like where did that like where did he come from where did he you know come I mean? from yeah you know what <laughs> i mean and so it's like there's you never know and you don't know again i i, I would believe that they're watching uh jordan and matt to to see you know taking their cues from them to see what does it take to be a good college player you got to get in and work right yeah and then if you have aspirations on playing at a higher level and then you better be working that much harder. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a, uh, I think that uh, Matt and Jordan got a lot from Malachi the, the previous year. And I think that those two guys are passing that torch on to the younger guys in the program. Let me ask you, I've never really thought about it this way, but when you're being recruited as someone coming out of high school is leadership something I, I it's probably it, it definitely is a personal thing like from person to person recruit to recruit but is leadership on the team already something that is important to some recruits or is it important to all recruits because I, I would think if if it were me and I was coming into a big program I would look for a team that had some some guys who are a little bit older who could help show me the way but I also think a little bit differently a lot of people don't like to do that but I, I like to get in there pick their brain and then grow from that. I think every year it's a, it's a, um, there's this thing that I talk about a lot. It's called primal intelligence. Right. And mm. I think that the so fancy. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> thank you so much. So, you know, as yes. I, as I pop my, pop my yeah, collar. you put your collar. <laughs> <laughs> there's a primal intelligence that that's happening, uh, in sport. Right. And, um, when a high school kid that's being recruited by a division one school, leaves he's the best player on his team mm -hmm. there's a part of him that believes that when he steps on that college campus that he's going to be the best player on that college team 
that's not the reality, right? So you there's a pecking order that happens, right? So like a pack of wolves or a pack yeah, of hyenas yeah. or whatever yeah. the case may be, right? Um, but that starts with you know uh, the play, right? The play, whether that's through pickup or whether that's through um, uh, you know the games themselves. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends. Yeah, and all that to say that the thing that happens is that the older guys end up they end up showing the younger guys that you're not that good. The younger <laughs> guys that are that are smart. Yeah, they look and say, "Oh my God, I ain't that good, but I need, yeah. to, I need yeah. to get good. How do I get good? And you get good by watching others." No, that, that right. makes a lot of sense. That that makes a ton of sense because. Um, I can totally imagine myself being like, oh, I'm coming in here. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be so good. They're, they're just going to be like blown away by me. And then in the first five minutes of practice, I realized real quick that these guys are much better than me. They're much bigger than me. They're much faster than me. That's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be um, interesting. And I know you went through it. I mean, going from high school to college, I never went through it, but what's that realization like? What's that realization like? Like, oh man, I is it is it one of doubt? Is it one of, okay, I'm excited? Or is it one of like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here? I think that there's a couple things that happen. I think the first thing is that you're excited to be there, but after a week of practice, you just don't even realize <laughs> the intensity that you yeah. have to go with. So you're, you're kind of an autopilot. You know, you're not getting better. You're just trying, you're just kind of holding on to the, to the proverbial tree with yeah. your legs wrapped in your arms and legs wrapped around the tree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, to I do. Down. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of feels like that when you're, when you're in a, when you're in one of those settings. Um, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I was necessarily afraid of anyone, but I, I think that there was, I, I wasn't good. I tell you that. I tell you that my, my <laughs> freshman year, I was awful. Uh, but as I grew and got better and you learn, you know, there's a, cause they had to learn from somebody. There's a, that's a, there's a true pecking order that happens. Then you have to, uh, the good players have to allow that to happen, right? You have to, you yeah. have to allow that. To, sometimes you walk in and the show is yours, but mm-hmm. that's a one out of every 100, right? Yeah. Kids that, and most of those kids today are playing in the G league this year for the ignite. True. <laughs> so, yeah yeah you know so it's not a whole lot of kids out there that can walk in it i mean you look at not to get too far off talking but look at look at kentucky and their struggles right yeah they've had major struggles major struggles right because their kids are so young they're depending on freshmen to go out and beat seniors and it's not happening yeah, yeah. i don't care i just don't i don't care how you you, you put it together you have to grow yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's it's kind of like in radio too. Like when before I got into radio, I was a huge radio fan, so I always thought, oh, I could do that. That's no big deal. I, I'm good at talking. I could go in there and just sit down and blah 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 blah. So I actually get an internship with a radio station. In the first day, the first ten minutes, I'm like, I can't handle this. I don't know that I can do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. It was like it was so overwhelming, and and so I guess that's a different way. For, for me to think about what it's like for a guy to come into a big time college basketball program, because that overwhelmingness gave me the feeling of, Oh man, what am I doing here? What am right. I doing here? Right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out. I'm going to be, I just want to quit right now. Oh God, let me just go cry in the corner. And that's what right. Happens. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's from a, and I totally get where you're coming from, from a basketball perspective, you have to get used to, um, the uniform or the practice jerseys and you got to get used to, um, the coldness of the arena or the coldness of the building. Mm. Sometimes you walk in these places and they're ice cold. You yeah, got to be prepared to go. Um, there's a, 
there's personalities in that locker room and, and they go, it's so understated, but oh, yeah. and it, it doesn't seem like that is the issue with this particular group of kids. It seems like everybody's pretty cool. Like everybody's just kind of, but sometimes you can get personalities like Randy Holcomb in the locker room. <laughs> that are, you know what I mean? <laughs> that are live. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Lit can all of the time ready to go. Like no matter, you know what I mean? Like, we doing this, man. We just we're doing this, you know. We, you know, so there's a lot of things to contend with as a uh, as a freshman that uh, a lot of kids just don't really understand until they become freshmen, and that's probably why they call them freshmen. Yeah, because they're fresh. Because <laughs> they're fresh, right? Yeah, that, that's really funny that you say that. I can imagine that walking into a locker room, being a, being a highly touted player or whatever, walking into a locker room and then getting yelled at by my teammates already. And I'm like, been in there for five minutes, you know, kind of thing. Oh. It's like, oh, God, all right. I need to step on my game as soon as possible. Um, we'll move on to uh, New Mexico. They are having trouble with just playing their games, really. They're, they're, they canceled their two games against San Diego State. Uh, we, we talked about that in, in a couple episodes ago. And then they were in Colorado to play Colorado State. And apparently one of the assistant coaches came in contact with someone who tested positive. But the assistant coach didn't test positive. So the state of Colorado canceled the games for New Mexico. And New Mexico is just ruining a lot of different uh, opportunities for teams. And some people are saying on Twitter that they just need to get rid of Mexico for this year. Just Shut it down. If you can't stay on the court, it's too dire of circumstances for the rest of these teams for them to either travel or wait for you to travel, warm up. There's just too many things that can happen with a team that's not going to be able to play. I think that they need to shut it down. Too. They're, they're, they're not competitive this year. And if you're not competitive, you know, we're too far in the year um, for them to do anything, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like they're going to – it would take an act of God. Uh, <laughs> for them to uh, for them to compete, um, I think they should shut it down. If, especially if they if they've gone this long without you know, it just seems like they just can't get on the on the wood. And if you can't get on the wood, there, there are too many resources that are being wasted. The flight yeah. over, yeah. bringing all twenty five people that are in their caravan over. Colorado State having to set their whole deal up to make sure and all the protocols calls that they go through get the people in the building that have to make it run get the people that run the scoreboard the 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 trainers everybody everybody right the resources are just too you know putting those resources in for not just doesn't make a whole and and the reality is in college sports there aren't that many teams that are really operating in the black if we're if we're (laughs) truly being honest right yeah yeah i'm gonna go out on the limb and say that new mexico is not one of the schools that's operating in in that space of of making money from their sports right and and they're not even allowed in their own home state new mexico they they can't even do that they have to play in lubbock texas which is also very expensive i don't know if they have any deals with the texas tech university or whatever but like that's expensive putting up a bunch of kids into housing for, for an entire season, having their schoolwork translate. I don't yeah. know. There's just, it just yeah. sounds like a big old mess. Yes. I mean, is it at some point you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Now the coach, you still got, you still would have to pay the coach. You still, you yeah. know, there's still people that you have to pay. Right. Uh, and I, Which I understand he's trying to do his job, but he can't keep his team on the floor. Right. And if you can't keep a team on the floor and the fact that you're, that you're not very good, if they were, if they were, 
balling, then okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, it'd be but different. They, they stink. You know what I mean? Like you know, very you know, plain and simple. They're not very good. Yeah. So with that being the case, you know, let's just save everybody the headache because I'm not sure. Even if you played, I'm not even sure <laughs> that I would watch. You know what I mean? So yeah. You know, I have a love hate relationship with uh, uh, New Mexico. They they heckled me um, during the game. And after the game, I had a media session to do. And, and okay. there were like four or five guys that were still heckling me while I was there. There was nobody in the arena. There was nobody in the pit. It was just me <laughs> and, and, and the interviewer. And the guys are, hey, Randy Holcomb, you suck. And I was like, dude, I just scored 20 and 12 against y'all. We beat y'all in the pit. But, you know, again, that, so I'm not letting up on New Mexico. You you found an enemy in me. That's for sure. Okay. I like uh, it. I like it. But uh, uh, but uh, it's all in fun. But it, just to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think they do need to shut it down because they're not very good. And, and I, I don't think it's worth the resources. Definitely not worth the resources. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We're going to get to the bracketology in just a second, but we have to introduce our other sponsor of the day. So again, thank you to everyone for listening because without you, we wouldn't have this opportunity, but it is brought to you by eBay. And I don't know, I, I'm a big shoe guy. I know, I don't know, uh, Randy, if you're a big shoe guy, I know the guy I work with, Tony Good Jr., is a massive shoe guy. He has- is that right? hundreds of pairs of shoes like he loves his <laughs> shoes and i've 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 i'm going to tell him about this because i've heard about ebay being a place where you could go and and buy a shoe that you can't find or if you can't if it's too expensive you could go bid on it well ebay is now the original sneaker marketplace and they have something called the authenticity guarantee where your sneakers are inspected by independent people to make sure that there's nothing wrong with them or if they're not fake from you know overseas um, and so they have a team doing that. Each sneaker also receives it, it receives an authentic, authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with the verified return process. And for the sneaker sellers like Tony, if he ever decides to sell one of his three thousand shoes that he has, <laughs> he can do it on eBay, and they have eliminated selling fees on sneakers over a hundred. Uh, dollars and up so making it free to sell or flip your uh, your collection so if you're into that if you like sneakers go to ebay check them out if you have too many sneakers and your wife your girlfriend or even you say you need to get them out of your house go to ebay put them up there ebay's got it all figured out they have it so that you're not going to buy anything fake and and all you need to do is go to ebay.com sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selections so thank you to ebay Thank you so Finish much. Up. Yeah, yeah. I need to get some new sneakers. I've been wearing the same sneakers forever, so maybe I'm gonna hit up eBay later. I used to be, I used to be like when I played basketball in you know eighth grade, nine, you know freshman year. I used to be a big shoe guy. I love the shoes, and my dad had one rule: I will buy you brand new basketball shoes, but you are not allowed to wear them out of the gym until the season is over. You will bring new <laughs> shoes. You will put them on when you leave the gym and he was very serious about that and i appreciated him for that because you know every time i put my shoes on i felt like i was connected to the floor it was too easy but once i started getting him out in the you know on this asphalt and stuff i was terrible i was terrible but that, that's what my dad did for me <laughs> no well my i'm not a i'm not as big of a shoe fan um as i once was uh i'm more uh 
I got this SUV fetish now. You Ooh. know what I mean? So I'm probably going to be on eBay Motors checking out some <laughs> stuff there. But <laughs> There's some good stuff there, out. too. There's some good yeah. stuff there, too. Yeah, um, yeah SUVs are sweet. Yeah, I, I'm a classic. I love, uh, you know, the, uh, I had the uh, the Trooper and, and, uh, and a couple others that I don't I don't want to name drop on here, but I've I've had I've had my <laughs> share I've had my share. In fact, I'm probably gonna go pick up another one this weekend. But oh, awesome. uh, yeah, but there, that's my thing. I, so I can't afford sneakers anymore. I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford hey, to buy them anymore. Well, at least you got your SUV because there's snow outside your door. So if you need to go uh, hit up the grocery store or something, you're you're all good. You're all good. yeah. That's for sure. I got the I got the Jeep. I got the uh, Jeep Wrangler out there, man. Oh. I can, I can come I can tumble through some of that. Yeah, that. that's awesome. I had a Jeep Wrangler for for a while too, and I love the Jeep. The Jeep is no. awesome. anyway. We're going off on Jeep talk now. <laughs> It's not Jeep talk, it's Aztecs basketball talk. So we'll get back to that. But uh, it, it's always fun to learn a little bit more about both of us. I've been told, I've been told. There, there's so much underneath myself and you that people don't know. And we'll get into that over time. It'll all come right. out over time. Right, uh, right, so right. A- Andy Katz of NCAA, he doesn't have the Aztecs in his top 36 teams that he released this morning. Although... They are back in the top 25, as I mentioned earlier. They're, they're number 25. And Joe Lunardi is a guy for ESPN who does a lot of bracketology. He actually has the Aztecs currently a nine seed taking on Loyola of Chicago in the first round. So first thought from me was I've been thinking this entire year. It's looking like it's going to be a 13-14 seed or something like that because of the losses er- earlier in the year. And then all of a sudden, Joe Lunardi has them at a nine seed, which is really good. For it, just from me looking at it, a nine seed's really good. Loyal to Chicago, we know about them. They went deep in the in, in the NCAA tournament a few years ago, but that was a whole different team and Sister Jean and all that stuff. So, yeah, Sister Jean. Sister Jean, she she made an appearance the other day. So she's still, <laughs> oh, she? she's still kicking, 101 years old. So good for <laughs> oh, Sister wow. Jean. Yeah, wow. good for Sister Jean. But they're, they're, they're a nine seed, and that surprises me. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I am uh, cautiously optimistic, right? Mm. Um, I think that if if that were if we were playing today, I think that that would be a good uh, that would be a good draw. I think we can beat that team, right? I mm-hmm. think that we can yeah. beat that team. I don't think that it would be a, I don't think that it would be hard to beat that team, especially if we're shooting the ball the way we're shooting the ball right now. We can make a deep run. Yeah. Uh, the problem comes when we have to finish the season, right? I think that that's the that's the issue of finishing the season out because again. With those losses, it took us this long. We got we have good losses. If there's a such thing as a good loss, we have good losses. Yeah, and it's yeah. taken us a while to get back in the top twenty-five. That that those losses happened uh, three, four, three, four weeks ago in the beginning and of the season. Yeah, at like the beginning of the season in you know twenty twenty, I, mean? I think. Wow. So if you think about that, we can't afford to have any letdowns. But we could if we were to meet. Loyola Chicago today, my hometown. Shout out to my hometown. I don't yeah. want to go against you, but um, I think that the Aztecs could uh, uh, could beat them. I would hope so because right now they are ranked number twenty-two in the country, um, and I think there's a couple things that we could think about this whole thing. Is that the bracketology is realizing, and, and the tournament is realizing that a lot of the teams that are usually good are not good. And so there's more spots coming up for other teams. Like you, we, we mentioned it earlier, Kentucky, they're not good this year. Duke, right. they're not good this year. North right. Carolina is all right, but 
like those teams are usually a lock for the tournament every year. So now the tournament selection committee has to think, all right, how do we make this tournament exciting without our Kentuckys and our Dukes and our North Carolina? And so that it is kind of exciting that they're going to open it up to other teams and it is benefiting the Aztecs right now, I think. Oh, no question. I think it's benefiting the Aztecs, but ultimately I think it's benefiting basketball as a whole. I think, you know, I mean, aren't we all tired of seeing blue every year? You know what I mean? Like Kansas, Kentucky, you know, Duke, North Carolina. It's like like the usual suspects, right? I think that the better basketball players are at the other schools and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Aztecs being one of those, uh, one of those schools. In fact, the conference, the, you know, the conference is, is stacked with, well, I shouldn't say stacked, but the top four teams should all play in the tournament. Right. Are so, good, yeah. uh, so with that being said, um, I think that it's a, it's a great time for college basketball. I think there's been a COVID has caused a, uh, a resetting of the the guard, so to speak. Yeah, good and, point. And I think that uh, with that, though, you know, we have you have to keep winning. Now, there's a flip side of that. If you have a, if you if you lose one or if you have a bad loss, you can yeah. go from 25 to 45 within the, even though within a loss. You know that saying? is true. That is true, especially if you're San Diego State. We've seen it before. They lose one game, and it's like, okay, well, they proved that they suck, so we're going to kick them out. We're going to kick them out, right? And, yeah. and I think that uh, where we sit in in the conference that we're in, it's a shame that they won't let us in the Pac-12, which is a whole nother show. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that in the offseason. Right, huh? But the uh, but the it's just it's just unfortunate because, again, the, the teams that play in those uh, those power – in the Power Five – they are able to lose five, six, seven, eight, sometimes 10 even games. ten games. Yeah, yeah, you know, and with and with that, you know, with that, they always they're always given the benefit of the doubt. I guarantee you one thing that we're going to be shocked at one of the blue schools that make it in or their seed, uh, even I with get, their yeah. record being, you know, being whatever it is. You know, I can see that happening in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. So. So we have to, you know, and, and that's always been the case for San Diego State, which is fine. You know, if you, you we'll, we'll earn it, we'll earn it. You know what I mean? And, and it has to be under, you know, we want to make sure that it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. The San Diego State uh, Aztecs right now in the conference are number four, but uh, everybody has three losses in the conference now, except for Utah State. They're 11 and two. Boise State's 12 and three. Colorado State's 11 and three. Again, that Colorado State loss earlier in the year, I, I went off on it. I was like, this can't happen. This is a terrible loss. Now it doesn't really look that bad because Colorado State is 14 4 overall in the year. And they're looking at a tournament spot as well. So that's that loss doesn't look so bad. And now when those losses come back and they look a little bit better, it's easier to stomach a 26 point lead that they dropped, you know, in right. that game. So right. Yes. A little bit easier to dodge. Right? <laughs> just, just a tad bit easier to dodge. It's a, a tad bit easier. So that's what's going on with the Aztecs. That's where they stand in bracketology with Joe Lunardi of ESPN. And again, they are back in the top 25. We are coming down to the end of the year. The conference tournament is going to be starting here before we even know it. But what's the schedule for this week is uh, they're going to be in Fresno, take on Fresno State on Thursday and Saturday. And Fresno State, they're they're a middle-of-the-pack team. I wouldn't put it past them to beat the Aztecs because their coach, Justin Hudson, is uh, a former Aztec assistant coach forever. So he knows exactly what San Diego State does there. And he's learned from Dutcher. So it's almost like you know, they're coaching in the same style, which is kind of interesting to me, but that's what they're going to take on this week. And then they come back home to finish out the year 
with uh, Boise State coming to Viejas Arena. So four more regular season games left uh, officially on the books as of right now. And the Aztecs are 15 and four. So they went out. They can go 19 and four, which looks pretty darn good going into the the uh, Mountain West tournament. But that's all we got today. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Once again, if you have anything you wanted to hear from us, please reach out. I'm at Matt Scraby on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and that's Randy Holcomb at Alfred's house on Twitter, Instagram, uh, things of that nature. And uh, that's it. That's it for today's show. The Aztecs, they are doing us proud. They are doing us proud. At the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, man, what are we going to talk about the whole year? But now we're back. <laughs> They're back and they're ready to go. So uh, we'll be back with you next week on the Aztecs Basketball Podcast. Thanks to the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.